What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast, Wednesday night, February 6, 2019. Can you can you believe we're already in February? It felt like Christmas was yesterday. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's crazy how fast the years go by. It's just, it's, it's, that's what they always say, when you get older, it's going to go by fast, and when you have kids, it goes by faster, and sure enough, it does. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, we need we need to make it slow down somehow. Yeah, I know, but we always know what it is. We always have something going on. I know for something sure. Looking forward to that's what happens. It's just 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 goes by fast. Totally. So as you probably know, that is John Larocca, my co-host for uh, Fight Game or uh, Fight Game podcast for the most part. Um, just about every show, I think you know we'll, we'll have some other folks chime in, but usually it's me and John. So. Uh, before we get into the show, a couple of updates. So um, I reached out today on Twitter because the the podcast that I do with Big Dave, uh, the, the I guess there's been some audio issues. And the hard part, it's hard for me to replicate the issue because I'm kind of like, I'm listening to it and I'm clicking around and I don't hear the problems, but obviously I'm not listening to the full thing. And then people are, you know, uh, Re- uh, replying to me on Twitter saying, yeah, you know, it was really low today or, you know, I was low or I was high and Dave was low. So uh, I decided to uh, ask some folks for some help using, you know, using Twitter and a bunch of folks reached out. So just a shout out to all the people on Twitter who are so helpful. Like there's so, you know, it's so funny because like I was like, oh, God, you know, how come there's not a lot of people to or, or how come I don't have like a go to to reach out and, and ask these questions? And all I did was like I just wrote like a kind of like a tongue in cheek tweet and I got like so much feedback. People are hitting me up and saying, do this, do this, do this, try this, try this. Uh, and, uh, and and so I think I'm going to make some changes. And and look, uh, I'm going to do these changes on, on our show tonight. So if this show sounds better than ever, then those changes worked. Uh, but so just wanted to shout out specifically, there's one guy, he lives in Sydney, Australia. His, his, uh, his, uh, Twitter name is Shabugan at S H A B O O G E N. Uh, he helped me out a lot. Like he was actually even like downloading, uh, downloading some of the, the apps that I was using and then he was uploading it and he's like look here's how how this sounds and so tons of help from my guy uh and he uh I, I guess he says he's never been to the states for a show so I told him if you ever get to the states drinks on me or or whatever so thank you very much and you know there, it was more than just him but I wanted to shout him out specifically because he he sat there on his lunch break for like an hour and just was like talking me through stuff so really thank cool you, Shab- thank you Shabuin <laughs> yeah absolutely awesome he said he does it because the uh f4w the uh, wrestling observer radios uh, actually help his commute I guess he, he rides a train to work every day so so uh yeah lo- love that guy so um hopefully podcast sounds better you know i a lot of this is just me learning how to do stuff like i don't really have a background in the uh the sound engineering aspect of it i have a broadcasting background but you know that's just talking like how do you get the stuff to sound good and how do you produce and all that stuff so that uh that that's the part of it that i'm learning and i actually really like it i just wish i had more time to like just dig in and and study it and 
you know, learn all the tools and stuff, but slowly by surely, uh, learning as much as possible. Um, but, uh, but the next update is basically about what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. So, uh, AEW has a ticket on sale party at the MGM, uh, in, in Vegas at, at five and, Big Dave and I uh, are going to fly out on uh, you know, in the middle of the day. I, I took half a day off of work to do it, to do this. So we're going to go out there and hopefully be able to do some interviews and, uh, you know, with AEW talent. And I think I'm also going to be taking over the uh, Twitter account of the WONF4W, uh, which is the Wrestling Observer slash figure four main Twitter account. So I should be able to have some photos, maybe some videos, and just kind of give a play-by-play of what's going on at that event. So follow that Twitter account uh, tomorrow uh, if you haven't, uh, and you'll be able to see uh, see some see some sort of uh, some live play-by-play of what's going on at the event. So we are recording tonight, and then we'll probably be back this weekend as well to kind of go over. Uh, the AEW stuff, and also there's a couple of the other things that I want to talk about, which we will will preview at the end of this show. That I'm just saving because we have so much stuff to talk about this week that I wanted to save some other topics so we didn't go for like three and a half hours. Um, and and you know John be walking like a zombie at work tomorrow, so uh, we will uh, we will kind of uh, we'll, we'll so we'll be back and and we'll we'll kind of have two shows this week which is a little bit different but the the next show uh this weekend won't have the raw review we'll keep that for the following uh middle of the week show so uh a last sort of update which is i I don't know if i'm i don't i think we mentioned this last week but i'm trying to put together some stuff for the youtube page and so a lot of it will be content or these podcasts but um, kind of chopping them up a little differently. And uh, my idea is for the, the Road to WrestleMania segments that we're doing all the way until WrestleMania to be sort of their own thing on YouTube. So still figuring that out. And I think what uh, what I will also do is uh, I will kind of group together our 93 Raw reviews into, you know, maybe five episodes in a row and just kind of back to back to back to back and put those on YouTube as well. Just trying to do some fun things with the content and, you know, be creative and and try to get more people to listen. So that's the update there. Getting some artwork done by uh, my cousin's husband. He's he's, he's like my cousin too. Uh, the coach, Dan McEthrin. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so, so, you know, we're doing some fun stuff, so we'll see. My, my kid is, is kind of steering the ship on the YouTube stuff. We'll see if he, if he gets into it, it will take a lot of time off of my hands. So I'm hoping that he digs it. And, and I told him if, you know, if, if, if we make, if we make a couple of dollars there, he can have them. So maybe that'll be some incentive to, to do it. Um, okay. So actually let's, let's just kick off, you know, it's, it's week two of, of the road to WrestleMania, and uh, it, we got a lot of Becky Lynch this week on both Raw and SmackDown. She was kind of the key to both shows, overshadowing just about everything else. Like they, the the main focus of both shows was really Becky Lynch. Um, and did you, you you saw both segments on Raw and SmackDown because uh, she opened both segments or both shows? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I watched I watched the whole episode of Raw, um, but I. <laughs> SmackDown, I watched like the first hour, and and I don't remember like right after that, 
Ali and Orton match, I just remember waking up on my chair and <laughs> on the recliner and being like, oh, shoot, I need to go up in bed. <laughs> so I didn't finish the last hour of Raw, but I did see the opening segments with Becky Lynch from both shows. Okay, so on Raw, Becky comes, or actually Stephanie McMahon comes out first. And then uh, as she's kind of hyping up Becky to introduce Becky to the crowd, Becky's music plays and Becky shows up. And, you know, we, we know Stephanie's a heel, even though, you know, they try to, you know, she, she tries to portray herself sometimes as this, like, nice person. You know, we know we know what, what the real deal is. She, she's a heel. And, and Becky saw right through it, right? Becky was not, was not going to pretend that uh, Stephanie was there to celebrate her. And so a couple of things immediately that I noticed, and I know that, I, this is this first one is really nitpicky, but the entire the the so the storyline is that Becky had hurt her knee and we and we talked about this on the Royal Rumble show, um, where uh, uh, she she you know where she originally got injured, and and so she comes out and I think the idea is that everyone knows she's injured, she's trying to play it off. Because she doesn't want to see the doctor. Because she knows what happens when you see the doctor. The doctor says, oh, you can't wrestle. And thus, she doesn't want to miss her WrestleMania main event. Now, <laughs> if she is trying to play off an injury, why wear a knee brace on the outside of your pants? Yes. Why, <laughs> why do that? And also, if... I want the storyline is kind of confusing to me because like we're trying to the heels are supposed to be the company, right? That's yeah. what they wanted. They want Stephanie to be the heel, Triple H to be the heel in this situation with Becky, but they're just basically telling her to go see the doctor. So what heels are they when they're actually looking <laughs> out for the best interest of their athlete, right? Just yes. completely confusing. I, just, I I'm not. This is like almost too creative. Like they they thought they're being smart with the storyline but i just think it's working against them okay so i felt exactly the same way as you yet both brian and dave loved this segment on monday they thought it was great and and look i, I think the crowd reacted to it right like the crowd crowd reacted really well but i just thought there were holes and uh i i found the the uh anti-doctor thing to be so funny because as Becky was being so stubborn about telling Stephanie she was not going to you know, go to the doctor, I'm screaming at Becky going, just go to the doctor. Like, get your leg checked. You, you need yeah. to be 100%. And that's what Rhonda told her too, right? It was like, we, we yeah. want you 100%. And she's so paranoid that they're going to take away the match from her that she's, that she's decided to, to and, just be this rebel. And doesn't Becky know history? Look at CM Punk. He had an injury. They told him you're all right to keep wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> What's she worried about? They're going to send her back out there. I know. Or just just sign a couple autographs for the doctor, man. Come on. So oh, I, Maybe that was 20 years ago in wrestling. I don't think you can do that anymore. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, yeah, so, I, you know, look, this is more a problem with the writing of it. It's not a problem – with Becky, like I think Becky has been really good. Like the the Ronda standoff that we talked about last week, where I thought the best part of the whole thing was how composed she was throughout. Like, cause Ronda's so like Ronda plays such a mean character, 
when yeah. she's pissed off. And I was like, wow, Becky's just right in there, like not batting an eye, not blinking. And she did the same thing with uh, with uh, Stephanie and then with Triple H on SmackDown. But this has happened too many times, and I'm really bothered with it, it which is, why is the hero sucker punching people? Exactly. I, that's the yeah. part that I don't get. I mean, Stephanie's just telling her to go to the doctor. You know what I mean? Like, come on. It just, I mean, I know they're trying to be, Stephanie's supposed to be the heel, Triple H's supposed to be the heel in the situation, but how can you really be a heel? Like I said, when they're just telling you to get your leg checked out for the, you know, they're looking out for their athletes. And then I did not like the SmackDown segment at all. That, I, that, this is interesting because I liked it a lot better because I, I thought it was way more logical from a heel perspective right like triple h played heel in this segment trying to create a truth that uh i some of it you could have said like oh yeah i kind of see that but he's just trying to be a dick and he's trying to put doubt in her mind because he wants to he he wants to irritate her because she punched his wife in the face so he's trying (laughs) to get her back right he can't punch her because yeah, you know, you, you well, who knows? Nijax can punch, can can beat up our truth, but that that's why I liked it better because there was a clear babyface heel dynamic, and he bra- I mean, he browbeat her for a while, and again, she kind of stuck in there. Um, but before we get to that Triple H segment, because we'll we'll break it down a little bit more. But Rhonda in the back, as as Becky is about to 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 leave. I thought Rhonda like spoke the most truth out of anyone on the whole show where she's basically saying like, quit your crying. Nobody's against you. Get your knee checked because when I, when I wrestle you, I'm going to beat you up and I want you a hundred percent when I beat you up. And I just thought like, wow, that was like, you know, when Rhonda, when Rhonda feels it, like when she absolutely feels what she's saying she could be a pretty darn good promo and i thought that was uh that was a one of her better ones because she didn't she didn't really take a breath she just you know she just ripped on her for uh, a minute but i really liked it because she was sort of the like she was the one who i thought was like the most truthful as far as as far as you know what she wanted she's like look i i don't care about this whole act like you just need to be ready like be responsible we, we have this big match coming up be responsible and be ready so that we can you know, so we can main event this show. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, the the promo was, I thought it was a little rushed. I think she, should, she needs to slow down. She gets, I mean, she's only been doing this for what, a year now, so. But she she needs to slow it down on the promos because it was like too fast. I actually had to rewind it to hear what she said because she kind of went too fast. For, she mumbled some words, so. But uh, I thought after that was very interesting watching the segment with, Rhonda, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. I thought that was interesting. But Rhonda, you know, she has an intensity about her, so it's always very interesting. And when she confronted Becky, I thought, I thought that was cool. I thought it was smart to do it in the back, especially with the, the recent reaction that Rhonda's getting, which I just don't understand. But, you know, <laughs> she, she's going to get it, and that's, that's the way that's, you know, Becky's super popular, so they're, they're just going to have to boo Rhonda. But I don't know. I, just, I, I, I wish she would have slowed down that promo just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, she was pretty amped up, and and uh, maybe that's maybe maybe she feels more comfortable in that uh, in that way. But when she had the match with uh, with Liv Morgan, and she beat her very quickly, 
And she was trying to call out. Uh, I, I, don't, I actually can't remember if she cut the promo after this match or after she beat Sarah Logan, but she said something to the effect of something about people booing her. Was she talking about the fans or was she talking about the Riot Squad uh, ringside? I think she make, took a shot at the fans or who booing her. Okay. That's what okay. I took it as. It was right after the Liv Morgan match. She, just, she quickly destroyed Liv Morgan, which makes total logical sense, right? Like, there's just no way that Liv should be surviving that long with Ronda, right? She toyed with her, destroyed her. That was great. Um, I did not like the line about the fans. There's something about the what was it people sitting in their seats booing her, or you know, or something like that. Why don't you come in the ring and do something about it? You know, to Sarah Logan. And they had a good match. I thought they had a pretty good match. It was short, but you know, Sarah's like really good, very underrated. And um, she actually, I think she's better. She's actually better than Ruby Riot, in my in my opinion. And they're building up to that match. And I really, I'd rather see a Sarah Logan have a longer match with Ronda. But I thought I thought that their their little match was 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 pretty good. And and does cool does it see. does it look like they're setting up Ruby Wright and uh, Ronda for the next show? Yeah, for Elimination Chamber. Yeah, because Ronda's not going to be. And she has to do something, and she's not going to be in the Elimination Chamber, the tag team stuff. So, you know, she's going she's going to defend her title probably against Ruby Riot and then and have a big match on there. But I, I'm not I'm not the biggest Ruby Riot fan. I mean, I don't I don't, I don't dislike her either. I just I don't. I just never. I just never really get into her character for some reason. I just never, I never really got, got behind her. So, I mean, just for someone Ronda to beat and keep her busy on her way up to uh, Becky at WrestleMania. And the heat will just be the t- two other girls interfering whenever Ronda mm-hmm. gets, you know, gets something going. Yeah, I'm sure the two girls would jump her maybe for the bell or something like that. And then, and then Ronda, you know, makes a big comeback on her bar. Boom. Yeah. So. Uh, let, let's stay on the Becky thing and, and let's move to SmackDown because in the beginning of SmackDown, instead of, uh, actually wait, w- w- let's go back one more, uh, second. Cause I missed this live, which was Stephanie kicked Becky in the bad knee. Did you see that live? Oh, oh yeah. Like when they're, they're in the struggle. Yeah. When right. They're in the corner. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cause she started selling like big on the knee. Yeah, so I, I missed it, but they replayed it on SmackDown as uh, Charlotte was ta- was uh, was talking. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like they really made it a point that you know Stephanie did get one lick in, and it was one that you know is is probably gonna hurt. So I'm guessing they may do Becky and Stephanie, but maybe not at Elimination Chamber, but maybe at Fastlane. Possibly, yeah. and uh, and is it some sort of stipulation like that? Like if she wins, then she can be injured and doesn't have to go to the doctor. Yeah, I don't know. What the <laughs> I don't know what the results would be. Yeah, yeah, we have to. We won't have to do segments again <laughs> together. I know. Um, okay, so so Charlotte's in the ring. She, uh, she her makeup was something interesting uh, on SmackDown. I think they her usually they dress her really poorly too because uh, I I don't know uh, there's there's been a couple episodes of SmackDown recently where she's like one where she was wearing like a see through blouse pretty much and like it was just odd like I, I someone needs to figure out how, a way to style her better but uh, she comes I'm not, out I'm not I'm not digging the black lipstick or the dark 
maroon lipstick look. No, not yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't work for her. I think the makeup artist that did Rhonda's eyes for big shows is <laughs> suggesting stuff to Charlotte. <laughs> Uh, so, so Charlotte is basically a troll for the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, I thought she was great. She uh, she teases Becky. Uh, Becky obviously is suspended because they suspended her uh, because she wouldn't go to the doctor and she beat up Stephanie. And so she cannot come down the aisle because she's suspended. Though, you know, what's funny is like in the NBA or the NFL, if you get suspended – like, you just are on the sidelines with the rest of your team. You just can't play. So I don't know why Becky had to, like, buy a ticket and come from the crowd. But that's that's the way they do it. And then she – so she told her that, you know, Roman Reigns, you know, he stole Roman Reigns' entrance. Uh, and, and, uh, and Becky has to, you know, Becky's trying to get her licks in, but Charlotte's, like, feigning, limping, and walking. And then Triple H comes out. And Triple H basically tells Becky, he's like, go – home like we need you to rest up and go to doctor go home and charlotte is still like trolling becky with you know she's got a mic and and then triple h just looks at charlotte and was like you know you get out of the ring like you go to the back and she was like hmm all right i'm out and so it was triple h and becky and i want to hear what you didn't like about this segment because like i like i said i thought it was i thought it was pretty i liked the logic and i liked you know triple h finally like breaking a little bit and 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 uh and and having words with her i just felt like it's like the big brother talking to the little girls situation you know and i just really wish they would leave triple h and stephanie out of this storyline with 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 becky and Rhonda. it's just it's just they don't we don't need them for this you know it's almost like they're they you know it's a hot th- becky's a hot thing to have right so they're attaching themselves to the storyline and I just, we just don't need it. And I, I, I just, like, I just kept sitting there thinking, like, we don't need you here, Triple H, for this. You know, we didn't need Stephanie in the on Monday night either. You know, let let this play out in a different way. I, I just didn't like how he's talking to him. Like, it just didn't feel like he, it, it didn't feel like they were main eventers the way he was talking to him. Right, Charlotte, get out of the ring now, blah, blah, blah. and she just leaves. Becky, he just browbeat Becky, and she's doing her best to be tough and still be cool, right? But it's like, I don't know, I was not feeling it at all. I was not feeling it at all. So I like the part where she slapped him because that said, like, to me, it was like, you know, Triple H, of course, you know, you're the boss. I can't, you know, I can't do too much here. But really, like, fuck off. <laughs> like, that's what it said to me. And mm-hmm. then when he did leave the ring and she got the dig in, you know, about his wife, I thought that was that was good as well because, you know, look, like Becky's whole character has been like this weird hybrid of like jackass uh, slash uh, rebel, right? Like, I, I think I, I, I wish she didn't have as much jackass dick in her mm-hmm. as she does, but that's kind of what's been working with the fans uh you know what you know that 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 true hearted baby face uh doesn't work and so then they have to give her a little bit of an edge to get her to be cheered so i mean that's just what that's just what's working and and it still got a pop and that's why i didn't have a problem with it um but i did sense the same thing that you did uh, especially with charlotte but 
I guess because Charlotte's a heel, like it's not like she doesn't really lose face because she was kind of just like being annoying and and, mm-hmm. and being a snot. But uh, but yeah, I could totally see that. I could totally see how how that came across. Uh, but I think because Triple H got his, uh, I think it was okay. Now to me, what was not okay is Becky jumping from from the apron to the ground. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like you just ruined the whole knee thing. Um, and then I was like thinking like, did she do that on purpose? Like, is that like a clue that her knee really doesn't hurt and she's faking this knee? But then that doesn't make sense either. So uh, yeah, that so, wouldn't yeah. be a good thing for a, a baby face character, right? Yeah. She's just faking an injury. I was, I, it just made me think of, um, remember uh, Vince McMahon and Bret Hart where Bret faked that he had the broken leg just so Vince would accept the match like that's I was like is it that? no it can't be that bad because that that was like the the biggest uh, the worst uh, feud in the history of pro wrestling that was uh, set on a tee for you yeah yeah that was a total misfire on that storyline then they had one of the worst matches ever <laughs> oh yeah totally um okay so so do you sense um obviously charlotte's in the ring right so she's involved like we said last week uh i i you you know people people were hating on charlotte being in this match something fierce last week i I don't know what it's been like this week but i imagine it's still going to be you know sort of the same thing you know they just desperately want this match to be one-on-one but uh, i think it's clear i mean it's clear to me at at least that charlotte is definitely going to be in this match or else why would she even uh have been part of the segment yeah, Charlotte's definitely still in it. I think they would probably, I'm guessing maybe next week or or after Elimination Chamber, I think they'll announce that Charlotte will now be wrestling Ronda at WrestleMania due to the fact that you know Becky won't see the doctor, they can't give her clearance, right? Maybe this will lead into Stephanie versus Becky, where Becky will prove that she is healthy by whipping. Stephanie McMahon's but you know and maybe Stephanie's not gonna do it but then she's like well if you think I'm so injured you can think you can beat me because I'm you know I'm a one-legged woman you know you just you know maybe she can goad her into like trying to get up to that match or something like that I'm just sticking on top of my head but I'm just I just think that's something's gonna I think Becky's gonna have to earn her way back into that match yeah I I think I think you're right and it's this is very uh, sort of stone cold Steve Austin kind of storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that makes a lot of sense. Now Austin didn't have to be in a three way. Uh, it's not like they said, you know, now the match is fully in rock, and and Austin, you have to get back in this match somehow by you know doing something. So it is a little bit different, but I do sense the same thing as you, and and it is very much stone you know stone cold getting into the WrestleMania match. Um, so. What uh, what did you think? So I, I guess the the other thing about the you know whatever the the Brock and Seth match, I guess Seth is hurt, and he was like nowhere to be seen. Like I, I think they did one one like video package of what happened uh, the night before, but he was not on the show, was he? No, no, isn't. But there was a reported by Big Dave that he's been missing some house show dates and they just want to rest up for be ready for wrestlemania i mean but he couldn't do an interview yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know what's going on i always heard his knee wasn't that 
healthy. I, th- I think he's probably he's probably he probably has a very. I mean, if something Brad goes major again, maybe my my reflection will affect his career big time. You know, because he's that knee injury is pretty bad. I mean, he's he, he's been working through it, and he's always he's always there and has good matches. I mean, can you can you imagine you have this Becky storyline of her being fake injured and her <laughs> trying to get this match and then in real life, like Seth is really hurt. And what if he, I mean, what if he is hurt worse than we think and or worse than we know? And then he's got to have this match at WrestleMania, you know, sort of like uh, Shawn Michaels, right? Against Stone Cold that one year where his back was all jacked up and no one knew if he was going to, you know, have the match. It's kind of, it's kind of that, that was a little, a little, uh, not scary, but I think it stood out. It was like, hmm, maybe this this Seth thing is is a little bit uh, of a bigger issue, but hopefully not. And one hundred, how they're going to keep it going if he has to be off TV, or they could definitely do like some sit down promo stuff. They can maybe one of those, you know, Brock Lesnar sit down things or something. Seth sit down interviews, but I mean, I'm sure they want to do more than that. But we'll see. Hopefully. He's, Hopefully it's nothing really too serious, not not nothing too serious, and he'll be back soon because he was definitely missed on the show. Yeah, for sure. So on the flip side, his old buddy in crime, uh, Dean Ambrose, is now doing like a I don't know, he just he was like kind of doing like slapstick humor with EC3, made AC, made EC3 look like the biggest goofball on the show. But yeah. then they had a match, and EC3 did win the match, and I feel. <laughs> I almost feel like if this is the case and Dean is on his way out, he had like the best performance that I've seen from him in forever. It was definitely the most entertaining he's been in a while. Um, um, I, I was not liking what they were doing with EC3 out there, making him look he, like a total like a dork. Goofball. But and then, guess... then they tried to make him look like sort of a sex symbol uh, with Alexa there, but he's, in, even in that he was kind of looking like a goofball. Yes, very much so. And I think, I think they thought like, oh, we'll just he'll beat Dean and he'll get his like heat back or whatever. But I, I, I don't like how they executed that either. I think they, I think they should have presented him a little cooler than being just a goofball dork. And then, who in the hell thought it was a good idea to have Nia Jax come out there and cut a promo at this time? <laughs> Man, that was so bad. I mean, she was trying to be a heel and trying to be cocky and arrogant, and it was just like I didn't believe that for a second. Yeah, I yeah. did not believe anything in what she was selling to me. I was like, nope, this is come on, cut this off now. So, what do you do with Dean if you know? Well, I mean, we're assuming, right? Because that's the report that he's not he's not resigned. And let's say this is his last hurrah, at least for now. How do you book him in a way that your your hardcore fan base kind of knows the story, but uh, he's still a big star and he's still got a name, uh, and and you know it seems like they're going to do something with him. Do you put him with EC3 again and like have like a real match or a real feud or like how how do you how do you send him on his way out? Oh wait, just like we're saying, I think that's a good idea. It's like put, you would have him put someone over, specifically someone new, and you know to give that, that rub, I guess you want to say to 
to someone. I think ECB3 would be a good guy for that. You know, at Limited Chamber, he beats he beats Dean Ambrose, you know, um, in a singles match. And then you have Dean lose again to someone in, you know, in March. And then WrestleMania, if his last day is WrestleMania, throw him in the Andre Giant Battle Royal. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you don't really feature him too much. You kind of got to bring him, you know, you got to have him lose on his way out. It's, it's kind of the traditional thing to, to do, but I think that's, that's what I would do. Just have him get beat on his way out and put people over. And I think he's a good candidate for, you know, first guy for EC3 to beat in the program. That's what I would do, definitely. So what do you do with Braun Strowman? Because the, you know, he is not working with Brock Lesnar, unless, you know, maybe he does if Seth is really hurt, but it doesn't seem like that's the case, at least right now. But he is your top, I don't even know you. I guess is he your top baby face? Is Seth, I mean Seth's the one with with the match, but he's you know he's up there. He's one of their biggest stars. It seems like they have uh, hesitation in doing stuff with him. Sometimes he's just coming off an injury. He's in uh, on, on the main event of Raw. Was he saving Kurt Angle, who was about to announce? Uh, I I think like announce his retirement or something, and then he got attacked by Drew McIntyre. Um, and uh and and baron corbin and so it, it almost seems like they don't really know what to do with with braun Strowman, or, or they don't have a guy ready for him it's he, braun Strowman seems to be in this weird booking purgatory yeah because he's been challenging for the title for so long and never and hasn't won it yet i think he's starting i think people are starting to lose steam on him with that you know and it you know, you chase if you have a guy chase for too long, people start turning against it. Um, and I've seen it happen a lot. And what do you do with this guy? Like, I think you can kind of try and stretch out this program with Corbin and Drew McIntyre with Angle. You know, they can rematch at Elimination Chamber with a tag match between all four of those guys. Um, they could have him destroy Corbin in some kind of special elimination uh, stipulation match at Fastlane in March and then at WrestleMania they can have Strowman versus Drew McIntyre. Now what you do there is very interesting because we believe that Seth will beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Things can happen. Vince can extend his contract. Brock's contract he can retain. You know, like there's a lot of factors that can happen. Brock could say that if he loses this match he's going to AEW. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, so you have to have someone ready for for Seth. And, then, you know, Drew would be a good program to start with. Um, or, you know, I don't know what The Undertaker, how he's feeling or if he's going to be wrestling at WrestleMania. But you could do a Monster Among Men versus the Dead Man at WrestleMania. Keep it very short because there's limitations definitely on Undertaker now. And I would actually have Strowman beat Undertaker here because we are, you know, Undertaker's already lost to WrestleMania and, who, and it's not a big deal if he loses anymore. And, you know, Strowman needs it more than Undertaker needs it. So you could do something like that. I mean, that, that's probably be one of my first choices to do, but if you don't have the Undertaker, I could definitely I could definitely stretch out this program, you know, with him and 
with Angle and Drew and Corbin and all that. So in the mix too. So you could do a bunch of different things there. So, by the those way, those are two scenarios I have. By the way, what do you think of the Undertaker? Uh, basically saying he is open for bookings. You can book him at Undertaker at GetEngagedMedia.com. There's no, there's nothing about WWE on his Twitter account right now. Is this a rib? I don't know. Like, I'd see, I think, I, I mean, I don't know what it, what it is, but like, if you go to his Twitter account, twitter.com slash Undertaker, uh, me and Dave talked a little bit about it yesterday, but it says official page of the dead man, business inquiries slash booking, Undertaker at gettengagedmedia.com. And there is no <laughs> reference to his WWE career on this Twitter page. That's bizarre, man. It's almost like he got hacked or something. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere or... Vince is he's I think he's a job you know, has a job for life there, so and as long as he can still somewhat go, they'll they'll bring him out there once or twice a year, so Okay, but what if Undertaker's like I did both of these Saudi Arabia shows for you. Uh you know, what am I gonna do for WrestleMania? And Vince is like, you know what? Uh, I I I don't think we have anything for you. Now Undertaker, I don't know what his contract is like. I don't know if he has like a yearly deal or if he's got like a multi-year deal or maybe it's a handshake deal or whatever it is. But what if he's like, all right, well, I'm a free agent. Like, you know, if you don't want if you don't want me at WrestleMania, maybe there are other maybe there's other stuff out there. Like, just be it's it's uh, the I would normally agree with you 100% except for the idea that I think all these guys are going to be using AEW as leverage. Like, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't think The Undertaker would have to worry about that kind of stuff. But, um... And I'm not saying that I know anything. I'm just trying to think of a reason why he he would have he could have done something like that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's strange. Unless he's just it's just his bookings for inquiry about autographs or something like that, you know, or any other stuff, but... Yeah, it's strange. It's something that's definitely got to, we should monitor in the next couple of weeks. But <laughs> I can definitely see them doing the Undertaker versus Strowman match. You know, that seems like a WrestleMania match. Strowman needs a big something. If he's not getting the championship, you know, a win over the Undertaker would be would be good. Um, I, you know, be interesting how the fans take that match. But it's fresh. It's new. Never been done. It could be taken as a special, like, mega match, and maybe the fans would just be into seeing these, you know, a popular character today versus such a legendary character, you know, in the WWE history going at it. You know, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that could be a good a good thing for, for Braun because, you know, in the last few years for WrestleMania, at least not maybe not last year, but, you know, previously – it was, you know, using Undertaker to get Roman over, and you know, Braun could be used the same way. He's uh, he's a babyface, uh, just just you know, and so at some point um, they would have to sort of figure out a way to make him still mean, but still a babyface, and st- you know, not not really uh, be in between. But uh, but yeah, I, I think I think that would be a really good usage of both of those guys. 
uh, but we'll see what happens. What about uh, what about Cena? I, I sort of see Cena the same way that you saw Undertaker, which is you could have Braun face Cena, but it seems like Cena had you know I think Cena's got like stuff going on until right maybe right before WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you could use him the same way, right? If if you wanted to, if you wanted to to have like this big this big semi main event match. Well, originally, right? It was Lars Sullivan. Yeah, was supposed to take out John Cena in the Royal Rumble or before the Royal Rumble, knocking him out of the Royal Rumble. I believe that was a storyline plan. But with all this drama with Lars Sullivan and whatnot who knows what's going to happen to him so just let's just count him out for now boom no no large solvent in the steel so what do you do with john cena so now i'm kind of liking this Strowman undertaker program right yeah i'm liking this match so this is where i put drew mcintyre versus john cena i would love that and this is where drew mcintyre beats john cena at wrestlemania and if still the plan is for seth to beat brock at wrestlemania now you again you have an opponent in drew who just beat John Cena, ready to challenge Seth Rollins for the title? So okay, I would, that's that's what I, that's my card. We got we got we got <laughs> we we gotta call we gotta call Vince right now because you just made WrestleMania so much better than I thought it was gonna be <laughs> with just two matches. The key is the Undertaker Strowman match is making it short, so keep it good twelve minutes and. We'll be fine. It's all entrances and, and smoke and mirrors. So that'd be the key. I'd, I'd rather give the time to Cena and Drew for sure. So on the SmackDown side, the we won't really know what the main event is until post-Elimination Chamber. Uh, Elimination Chamber is uh, next weekend. So we still got a little a little bit of ways, but they're you know they're they're doing the six way where Daniel Bryan is in the six way, and we talked about you know this last mm-hmm. week. We, you know, not too big of a fan of him being in the match, but this is kind of how they generally do it, anyways. Uh, do you sense that they are going to move away from Bryan before WrestleMania? I don't sense it because they have him with this new belt. He's the planet's champion. They just put Rowan with him. You know, Rowan is his intellectual friend. Uh, and I, it just seems like there he is set up to, you know, whoever the, the babyface they choose, but to go into WrestleMania and finally get his comeuppance from, you know, from being this uh, this this babyface, I mean, this heel who is so self-righteous. But... I wouldn't put it past them to ha- to to beat him in this match just because like his booking has always been really inconsistent, but mm-hmm. I hope not because I think, you know, I think he could create a lot of, you know, I think he could create a lot of hype for whether it's AJ uh, or whoever the babyface is that they decide is going to be the one to beat him. He's just so good at being like a snobby self-righteous heel that you finally want to see get his comeuppance yeah i know he's doing really good but i'm still like not interested though like in his who he has to face like i would like to see orton but orton's been positioned as a heel lately uh Samoa joe's same thing but i think joe could be a good candidate to turn to feud with brian um that could be something different and fresh. Um, I just, I'm just not like, I like the character, but I'm just not interested in like 
and who's going to face. I just don't have like I can't really book the SmackDown side right now. Like I just had to, I have to really dive deep in it a little more. But I just like what do you do with AJ? Like where do you put him? Um, you, you know, like, you know what they've been gone so long though. It's already been going for so long. Like how what, what could they do to freshen it up? You know what I wish they would have done because this wouldn't have been the biggest mainstream main event match, but this would be your ultimate WrestleMania's worker match, which is why did they have to beat Rey Mysterio so quickly? Mm -hmm. Because he would have been a great opponent for Daniel Bryan at a WrestleMania, you know, halfway through the show, here's your SmackDown, you know, main event. And these guys just tear the house down with just the funnest sort of Lucha style, you know, match. And Rey could win and, and, and maybe, do something with Andrade or he didn't have to win but I just thought that was your best like wrestling match that you could have done for Wrestlemania yeah Ray but Ray versus Dan Bryan will be a lot of fun I'd like to see that for sure um I think Alamus should be held off for you know later I think he'd be a good candidate for money in the bank Mm -hmm. you know something like that and then um I think yeah, I would go with Daniel for a while, and I think it's a big, pretty cool program with Ray. I mean, that'd be that'd be, that'd be fun. So maybe he, you know, Ray, because Ray's been losing a lot to Andrade. And I know they're really pushing Andrade hard now, but you can have Ray win. You can have Ray win that that match. Yeah. What, know, the, what if at Elimination Chamber it's Ray and Andrade for the number one contender? Yeah, yeah, and then and Ray finally beats Andrade to set up to set up uh, the WrestleMania match. And then Andrade can beat, like, let him go over Ron Killings for the, you know, our truth for the, the U.S. title, give him the U.S. title for a while. Then he wins Money in the Bank. Yeah. And then he, then he finally, maybe finally, uh, maybe Ray finally beats Daniel Bryan that same night. Andrade cashes in Money in the Bank, right? And then you can kind of redo their program again with this time Ray chasing Andrade. Yep. Or something like that in the summer, so um, you know, yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. I think Ray'd be a nice candidate. And I now 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 I'm into this. Now I want Ray versus Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Good job, Gary. I like that. Bet. <laughs> when I when I can impress you with booking stuff, then I think I've done a pretty good job. <laughs> um, okay, so the other thing that's being pushed a lot on SmackDown, and I'm sort of lukewarm on it, but I know a lot of people like it, which is this Shane Miz partnership where you know we're expecting one of them to turn on each other but they're still buddy buddy and it's kind of like this odd pairing but it's kind of wacky enough for to to Mm -hmm. work so far like what do you think the end game is here and do you think the end game is wrestlemania or do you think they kind of have found something that they could let ride a little bit longer i still think the end game is going to be a singles match at wrestlemania between the two that's that's what that's what I feel. That's why I think it's been setting up for a while. And Miz has and got and Miz has got a turn, right? I would think he's such a natural heel. Um, they lose the tag titles. They start blaming each other, or he puts blame on Shane, or who knows? I mean, I'm not. I'm very like like I like I'm just like yeah, I'm very lukewarm to this whole storyline. Um, I think they'll retain the titles against the Usos. Somehow, some way, and then I think I can see them losing it on at Fastlane or on a SmackDown early in March to uh, 
to start their program. I mean, it is sort of a, um, I would say a not, a not as creative Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens Ben's best friend storyline. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like that's kind of what they're trying to do, but there's just no Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens in this story. But uh but yeah, I I mean I, I would assume that you're right on this. I just I, I just like it's it's almost like it started too late and and it's there's not enough friendship built up for the breakup to really mean anything yet which is why i was wondering yeah 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 i mean get they like i said they they survived through february as tag champions and it's still a little bit rushed but maybe they can it'd be kind of cool though if like they hold the belts for a long time and they you know they can they can constantly survive being champions and they finally break up but I think it's going to be a quick turn by Miz, and they'll have a singles match at WrestleMania because you know Shane has to have his match. You know, since he's been back, he's had his his WrestleMania moment, I guess, right on the show. So yeah. they got to, you know, because he did draw the big one, right, with him and Undertaker yep. on the cell. So yep. Shane always has a spot now on, on WrestleManias. So you know what I would actually love for them to do is because Miz has actually been really smart throughout this whole thing. He's like. He, he, he's like a very like smart, logical guy during this thing. I would love for them to, uh, you know, during, I don't, I don't know how long you want to do this, but basically, you know, in every interview, Miz is just telling Shane, like, look, you know, we got, we got to avoid the pitfalls, you know, Hogan and Savage, right? Like they mm-hmm. were, they were best friends and they broke up. Jericho and Owens, best friends and they broke up. Like we got to avoid the pitfalls and we got to stay tight and we got to trust each other. And so he's like the one building up all this equity and Shane's just like kind of like mm, okay and but every week he just earns his trust and earns his trust and earns his trust. And then boom, like it then it means something because he's got all that equity and and uh and, and he finally got Shane to trust him. I w- I would love to see something like that, but again, like I said, you know, they only have a couple months so it may it may be a little hollow when it actually happens. If he references Strike Force breaking up at Pop. Oh, that would be so great. <laughs> um, okay, so is there anything else that uh, that we should talk about? I kind of just wanted to hit the major points because, you know, one of the things I noticed is, and, and we'll talk about this when we, when we talk about Raw, which is uh, on this episode of Raw that we're going to cover, which is episode five, Mean Gene does a, does a WrestleMania 9 report, and he talks about three matches. And I thought, you know, wow, this is actually kind of cool. Like they're actually building these matches for, you know, two or two months down the line. And I was like, well, why doesn't WWE do this now? And then I go, oh, because they still have two pay-per-views to, to build to before they can actually build to WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They have so much to go. Plus now it's a different ball game. But like they don't have squash matches on TV you know, to slowly build to these big matches on the pay-per-view. Now they have matches every week. So it's, it's harder to just, to do that. You know, so you got to, cause you have to put something on there to draw the ratings. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I just didn't, you know what I thought? Like on this, this, this episode of raw, like they do so much, like they give like an angle, but then they'll pay off that same episode. 
Yeah. Like, for example, like the Bailey Sasha Banks versus uh, Nikki Cross, who I guess is a heel today, <laughs> and Alicia Fox. Like they have a match set up for later tonight, but as the match, as the entrance for Bailey comes out, like they cross and and Fox beat the hell out of him and and you know beat him on the rampway and I thought that was really cool. But then we go to commercial break and come back and now the match has started. And then Sasha and Bailey go over. Like I would much rather see them take out Bailey and Sasha and then come back next week with the match. Like I think like it's just it's just it, it, it's easier work for the writers cuz now you know you have this match next week. Yeah. Right? Yep. It's easier for the fans to look forward to something next week. Um same with uh, uh kind of like, almost like the same thing with like Finn Balor and Lashley. Um I thought that was something similar to that, you know, like you know, they could have had Leo Rush, you know, get a cheap win when Lashley does something behind the referee's back and, and actually the one that really caused Finn to lose and and then humiliated with a humiliated humiliating loss with, with Leo Rush getting the pin on Finn Balor. So then the next week he come back with another revenge match, right? With the with Finn Balor beating Leo Rush, which is closer to a match with Finn Balor versus Lashley. Like you can kinda of stretch this stuff out. I feel like they just do everything within the the three hours because they're just trying to fill three hours. Yep. And it just like makes it harder for the writers and everyone else to figure out, okay, what are we going to do next week for three hours? Yep. Like, that's, that's all that's, I noticed. That's what I, I noticed when I'm watching this uh, raw. And it's funny also, cause I remember we talked about this on our way up to APW on Friday. Where we were talking about like, Oh man, the struggles of watching a three hour raw, right. Getting doing that, especially for the segment, our road WrestleMania segment. And uh, our good buddy, shout out again, as we do every episode, Heartbreakhead David Rubio. He said, oh, I just watched the YouTube. Now, I tried, bro. <laughs> I, tr- I tried the YouTube, but like, I'm kind of a completist with stuff. Yeah, me too. And so when it's when it's clipped and I'm not getting the full, like, I don't, I, I'm feeling like I'm not getting the full story for me to talk about it. So I had like. Like three segments in or on YouTube, I had to stop and go watch the whole three <laughs> hours of Raw. And uh, luckily, I don't know, I had a, I think I had a coffee or something because I was actually pretty good. I actually went <laughs> through it. You know, I, I, I start a little later. I start a little hour and a half later so I get a little fast forward action going. Uh, that's the way to do it. You have to do it that way. You can't watch yeah. it live. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know. So it, I survived, but, uh, but I was too tired for Smack. <laughs> Down because <laughs> last week I decided to watch the Raw 1993 episode four after SmackDown. This week I'm like hell no, I'm watching <laughs> Raw 1993 before SmackDown. So I was pretty tired. Like I said, after that really good, I thought that really good Ali versus Orton match. I I really enjoyed that match a lot. Yeah, no, and I thought I thought it was good and. Uh, the finish was very creative and that was awesome. And uh, I, I like the fact that you know Ali is right there with the guy. I mean, this is you know Randy Orton, the nine-time champion or whatever, and Ali's with them. You know, pretty much the whole whole match. So I thought that was really fun. It was a, it was a good mix of styles. Um, it was a really good TV match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, made me a maybe a little bit more. Of, I, I like Ali anyhow, but it kind of made me a little little more 
little more of a fan of Ali. Like I just love that draw kick on the outside, which sent Orton over the table. Yeah, and then and then and, and cool. then and then Ali ends up with like a gnarly black eye. Yeah, yeah, that, that's 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 crazy. I don't know why TMZ had to cover it. Like I said, <laughs> it must be a slow quote unquote news week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sh- shit happens all the time in wrestling matches. You know, big deal. Absolutely. Um, oh, Daniel Bryan's got a walk and shiner. He's at it for yeah. two weeks. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. So I know definitely, uh, definitely. Uh, if people haven't watched SmackDown, or, or you know, there's their one thing to watch. I de- I say definitely. If you want to watch a good match, I say definitely check that one out. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so that that'll end the Road to WrestleMania segment this week. As the card evolves, we will talk about uh, every important thing from here until WrestleMania. So, uh, so that we have enough time to talk about the 1993 Raw that you referenced, let's get through some of these other topics, but we'll hit them in a little bit more of a quick fashion. Uh, we both watched the MLW Superfight show, which was, um, was it Saturday? Uh, Saturday or Friday, right? Yeah, Friday or Saturday. Saturday. I, I watched it oh, on no, U- it was Saturday, this, yeah, February 2nd. They had it up on YouTube really quickly. So, uh, you know, we were able to get to see it. Uh, and the, the, uh, both title matches, uh, the, the titles change hands. So in the tag title match, it was, it was the Hart Foundation against the Lucha Brothers. And uh, I'm going to make one comment about Teddy Hart, and then you can talk about this match because I know that you're very interested to talk about this match. Um, so I always thought Teddy Hart, was like always looked young for his age like he always kept a certain like youthfulness to himself but when i watched him in this match i was like okay like he's starting to look older and what he reminded me of and and this is and i'll just i I save this for you because i know that you are also a jersey shore fan like me (laughs) it was like if you go back and you watch the jersey shore from like seven or eight years ago and you see the situation like jacked out like buffed out looking handsome to now where he's like just like a chubby guy like that's what teddy hart looked like to me is like now teddy hart's in great shape but he looked like the situation after you know (laughs) doing nothing but eating funfetti cakes like that's who teddy hart reminded me of on this show but um but yeah so there there was some stuff going on in this match what 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 did you see I saw, first of all, I saw a lot of communication errors, a lot of frustration on Davey Boy Smith Jr.'s face. Like, not not something. the guy not the guy you want to have miscommunication with, by the way. No, no, no. I was really bummed out about I was pretty hyped about this match. I thought, oh, that would be a really fun, exciting match. And it was just a bunch of chaos, but not in a good way. Like, things weren't, things weren't, like, connecting between the two teams there's one point where like they had like Dave boy literally holding his hand and moving him rope to rope because they're out of position to do some kind of stupid double team move and, yeah like, poor Dave boy had to stand there and kick in the back or whatever i would just if i was him i would just pick the guy up and power slam him. <laughs> just, you know it's it's you see the you, you see the weakness of the lucha bros yeah and in some cases you know teddy hart you know teddy hart does a lot of amazing moves but and he's a good wrestler. Um, Bret Hart said he's probably one of the most gifted people, you know, of the Hearts. But he just didn't have. He just never could be at focus. He never, you know, he's always in his head. You know, if he would have, you know, 
really focused on being a great wrestler. He could, he's just such a gifted natural guy. He, you know, he could be the best of all of them, but just never connected. But uh, he's really over. He has a very, I, I, I do like Teddy Hotline. He has a very unique presence about himself. Um, but that match was a big mess. And then the million freaking Canadian destroyers in this match. Like, wow. what did you see? Like four at least. And then I the mean, and then the doomsday device version, yeah, which yeah, was ridiculous. Which, which I first saw him do a Marco stunt, you know, long you know, a couple. Oh of yeah, months, that's right. Ago. That 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 was a, a video on Twitter that kind of went around for a while. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. And then this movie was nuts too, but it just felt like it just it had no for no story, no drama, and I was very really really let down in the match. The best part. Of the matches, I just like Brian Pillman Jr.'s antics. He's such a good little annoying pesty heel, and that trio works great. They have a great the Hart Foundation trio is is just a cool combination. You got the loose cannon of you know actually Teddy Hart. You have the annoying and pesky Brian Pillman Jr. Who's and then you have the badass right. And Dave Boy Smith Jr. So, I like I do like that combination. I I just I just really disappointed in this tag title match. You, you know, we, we mentioned the Heartbreak Kid David Rubio earlier. I want to mention the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels because I would like to see Pillman be a little bit less like his dad and a little bit more like cocky dick Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels when Shawn had Diesel. And where he, you know, where he's kind of like he's got he's got the guy behind him, so he can be a jackass, mm-hmm. and everyone wants to beat him up, knowing that he's like, okay, like I know you want to beat me up, but like my best friend, like he can beat everybody up, so you can't touch me. Like I would like to see more of that because uh, I think I think that would work really well with Davy Boy Smith, just because you know everyone knows Davy Boy Smith is like a real guy. Uh, I think uh, yeah. I, I think it would work great to to but- to dial it up even a little bit more. I think I think he has that in him. I, I, that's that's what I get from. Him. I don't get his dad, other than he looks like his dad. Like I just don't get the loose cannon. I get, I get that arrogant, cocky. Like he, yeah, he's with these two crazy guys and a, you know, one one crazy guy and a, and, a, and a badass. And I think he's doing that well, being that pesky heel behind these guys. So I, 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 I like I like Brian Pillman Jr. a lot. He's still very young and growing in the ring, but like as a character, a personality. Shoot, he has it, you know. So the world title match was low key against uh, Filthy Tom Lawler. I sensed from most people that they thought the match was too short, mm-hmm. and when it did end, I thought of you immediately because I was like, "There are rare guys who actually have the courage to book a title match uh, to to end in like." Um, you know, a, sh- a short wave because everyone expects title matches to be like these, you know, 15 minute classics or whatever. And so when I watched this match, I thought, you know, this is a fight. And if if filthy Tom Lawler was in a fight, probably not going to last 20 minutes. Uh, he's a real MMA fighter. I know Loki's got like, you know, the, the, the mix, the martial arts background, too. And so. I think the the only thing that I didn't like about the match was that the finish just caught the crowd off guard. But when they did see the title change, they popped. 
And um, the only qualm I had with, uh, with with Tom's performance, and it's not even with his performance, it's just one thing, is he had a low-key setup for the Superman punch on, on the top rope. And I wanted him to wait, like, two more minutes, or not, not minutes, but, like, two more seconds to, like, kind of, like, set it up a little bit better. But other than that, I thought it, I thought it was I thought it was good, and I understand the frustration with some of the fans. But I think this is what this match was supposed to be was like a fight. It was like a four minute fight, and you know, winning with a with a rear naked choke, uh, I think is a believable way to win a match like that. So now you know you can sort of say what what you thought about it. But that you know that that was my two cents on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not upset about the match. Like, you know, it's funny when I. I think it was Nick in our, in our in our board at post. He was at the show and he posted the like. I thought it went like four minutes in disqualification at first, and I remember the result. And then I saw he won the title, so I was like, oh, okay, I'll have to wait till I watch it. And um, I'm not I'm not upset about the length of the match. I, I actually I always wanted to book like a match with actually in Premier with Jr. Kratos when he was a champ. I wanted him to beat a guy within like seconds, like one big knockout punch or something like that, you know, like caught a guy, not in seconds, you know, but literally within like less, less than a minute, just like, just, just a scrap. But I just never had the chance to book that finish. Uh, I was definitely was planning on it at one point, but I went a different route. Um, I think what hurt this match, not the length, I think, the match didn't fit the build because they had a really good build, a long build for this title match. Mm-hmm. I think they should have treated it. I get this is like a live special on BN Sports, yep. right? This is like their clash of champions, and so they wanted to put these their biggest matches on it. Um, so they had the Lucha Bros and Heart Foundation opener. They had a really pointless, yeah, grudge match between. Uh, Cotto Brazil and uh, Ricky Martinez. Who who Cotto Brazil who did a dive like right on top of his face like in the, to yeah. start the match. Yeah, he's he's he has a lot of talent. He's a, he's a good little junior heavyweight, but I just think this this show didn't need that. Mm-hmm. Um, it also didn't need the Lucha Bros versus the Heart Foundation. I think this, that that match would have been better edited. Um, I think you sh- I think you should just this whole hour should have been focused on Loki versus Tom Lawler. I think you open it up with like histories of the of the feud, which they did. They had, a, they had a vignette with all that. You have a backstage live interview with Tom Lawler in his locker room. You have a backstage interview with Loki in his locker room. You have cutaways to the interviewer, like you know, as you see in the guys work out, you know, in the background. Like, because it's about to start, right? This big fight. Like, well, like I was watching, like, Mayweather Pacquiao. You see, like, them in the locker room. I, I was thinking uh, I was thinking one of the Starcades, like, from the, or the or it was, like, it was either Dusty. Was it Rick and, and Harley, or was it Dusty and Harley where they kind of did that thing where Shivani's in one of the locker rooms, and he's got to go to the other locker room? It was, 19, yeah, it was 1983. Yeah, the, the, the first one with, like, flares in the locker room, like, Steamboat and Youngblood and stuff like that. Yeah. Or whatnot, yeah, like something like 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 in your building, and, you, and you're, maybe you're maybe you're giving, maybe you're giving like wrestlers on the cards, like oh, who do you think's gonna win? You know, like Cody Brazil's like oh, I think Tom's gonna pull it out. You know, Rick Martinez thinks 
her man, his man, uh, low key is going to win, you know, that kind of stuff where you kind of get opinion. Of and then finally they had this match. So you're just building that anticipation and yeah, and you, and then you put the Lucha Brothers stuff after because I think it took away all those crazy moves took away from the main event just a bit. Um, the door under the ring they brought in the ring, no point in this match at all, no point at all. Like it made zero sense. Why, why is there no disqualification? As there's a match, no disqualification. I don't even remember. I don't think I don't think I remember hearing that stipulation. Um, it was just to give a a low key and out for you know losing the belt you know a little bit like you say he but it's just it's stupid like the whole I'm not a big fan of the door spot that was, that was just didn't make sense at all and I think I think it would have been better if they had a longer match but um, I thought the opening sequence wasn't as hot as they thought it was going to be with the fans going crazy like there was no anticipation it's almost it was kind of like I don't know, the bill was great, but like when it happened, I, but I don't know also because we know how shows are mics. Yeah. Sometimes they're mic'd very poorly, but in live it was loud. But we should ask Nick about that because he was there live. But... Well, actually, I don't think he was there. I think he like watched it like live, or maybe he watched it like right after it happened or mm. something. Someone watched it live because they said the show overall wasn't that good. Remember, they I forget who it was in our, in our, maybe, in our group. I mean, yeah, but where did they? Because it was in Philly, right? So actually, it could have been. If it was anybody, it would have been Nick because he's out there on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It was it was a bummer. I think, but you know, but you know, I have it for Tom. I think Tom is a great guy for then the build around. Um, I've so, been so, someone you that guy for two years. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> someone you've wanted to book forever. Yeah, and build around too. You know, like you know, two years ago when. I mean, I always knew who Tom was, but when I met him in person, and and he got you know, the cauliflower a couple years ago, and and um, and you know, like it was suggested, it still never was pulled the trigger on, but uh, he's he's a great talent, man. He has it all. He can wrestle. He also has a personality point part of him, and which is you know huge, and he just connects with the crowd, so. I'm a big filthy fan, and and I think it's gonna be interesting how they book him in MLW. I think they were doing a really good job with him, and and we'll see how his run his reign goes. I'll definitely be watching closely. All right, one more thing before we hit the uh, the raw review. Uh, I, I, I saved a bunch of stuff for when we come back later this week uh, that we'll that we'll go over, but I'll talk about that before we go off the air. Uh, Kovalev and Alvarez, I know you've been getting into the boxing stuff. Did you actually, were you actually able to see Kovalev against Alvarez? Yeah, I watched the whole card, actually. I watched the, um, I watched it, like, in pieces. I watched the, the, uh, ESPN Plus part of it, then I went back and watched the, uh, the opening, uh, fights. And, uh, all pretty good. I mean, Kovalev-Alvarez was, I mean, it wasn't a great fight because, Kovalev dominated basically him. just dominate him and i don't know what was up with alvarez like he didn't show up right like it just seemed like he can never pull the trigger or get going and uh the big story is that that young kid in the opener that of the espn plus that teofimo teofimo Lo, uh, Lo, lopez, lopez yeah man. man that guy was uh cocky arrogant super talented like what 21 years old yeah, like just some, just someone to watch. Like I really got into is like 
I really got into it, and it got crazy. He, you know, what about it, the back? What about the backhand punch or behind his back punch or whatever? Yeah, it was so fast. I didn't even see it. They show the replay, you know. <laughs> and um, he knocked out that that poor guy. They they they, they probably should have stopped the corner. Should have stopped the stopped the match. The ref should have stopped the match. They let him go off of that round. He just got he got killed. Yep. Yep. And. Um, it was pretty cool to see how passionate Andre Ward was after that fight, talking about that knockout, how upset he was with the corner. Yep. And the official, like, like he said something that just got gave me kind of chills down my spine when he's like, he's like that guy, because he's got to live with that for the rest of his life. He's gonna feel the effects of that for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You are not gonna feel the effects of this for the rest of your life. You know, like it's just like, just brought this like. Like, you know, we get we get excited when we see knockouts, right, in fights. Like, oh, it's thrilling. But then, like, really think about the consequences these guys go through. Like, anyway, it's their choice. It's their, it's their profession. That's what they get into. And that's the dangers of it. But, I don't know, it just kind of struck a chord with me, you know, and uh, really put chills to my bones, I guess. Yeah. Know, and, and, no, I mean, it's re- it's 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 real. Like, that's, that's – Andre is coming from the perspective of someone who chose to get out of boxing early before – even before his prime was over – you know, because he has a family to raise and, and he didn't want to end up like a lot of these guys. So that's coming from a, a uh, you know, a, a piece of his heart, uh, I would guess. Yeah. And then, um, you know, this, this Sunday, there's another uh, card on ESPN, uh, just on the free TV on the uh, it's like a featherweight t- championship bout. Uh, I don't know the name. I'm still getting all into it, but it's from Fresno. And uh, I was just there a couple uh, a couple months ago. Damn, wish it was happening then. I would have bought a ticket. Because <laughs> i never seen a live boxing match ever. So, um, uh, But I'm definitely going to watch that. Probably watch that later in the evening on Sunday. And it uh, should be cool. Yeah, so that show is... Um, I think... Is that... Is it from Fresno? Oh, because... Uh, so... I know there's a show on Showtime, which is Javonta Davis. That's from Carson. And then there's a DAZN show from Indio with uh, Alberto Machado, who's kind of a, a big deal, who they're pushing pretty hard. I, d- I didn't see a Fresno one. Oh, no, no, okay, okay. Yeah, it, it is It is Jose Ramirez against Jose Cepeda, um, and that's from Fresno. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, Javonta Davis is probably the biggest – like name name out of it and he's going to be on showtime but all three networks you know if we if we consider the showtime as part of premier boxing uh so they don't have a fox show this week but they do have the showtime show all three showtime to zone and um espn are all all having fights this week this weekend so that's yeah, pretty cool yeah. it's been fun man getting back into boxing and it was cool at apw you know chopping it up with the, my, my good friend danny acosta who's there taking photos doing some great work um really busy such a talented artistic guy and and he's a big into combat sports in general but like you know just it was kind of fun just talking about some boxing for a good few minutes there with him oh yeah oh yeah and uh yeah we're we're gonna we're gonna have to watch some fights with him at some point yeah we should we definitely i'm I'm down man definitely so i'm definitely i'm down for that spence versus mikey garcia and now it's a pay-per-view we found out officially so uh, (laughs) i hope it's I hope it's in Fandango. We're going to be there at Open Mall watching it. I know. All right, so let's get to the Raw Episode 5. Yes, 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 yes. So WWE skipped a week, right? 
yeah, there's the dog show or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because, uh, yeah, I, I, I think they were talking about Valentine's Day. And then I was like, wait, Valentine's Day, they're a week ahead of us. So they, they skipped a week. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it gives us an opportunity to skip a week if we if we have to. We can actually uh, catch up. So we have we have like a we have a week buffer if we ever need it to catch to, for them to catch up to us. Um, so uh, you know, like like we mentioned last week, the whole show was around getting people interested in the return of Hulk Hogan and using Brutus the Barber Beefcake's <laughs> real life uh, tragedy. Uh, as a way to to do so and they did not stop doing that this week like they really they doubled down on on uh, on poor beefcake here uh, getting sympathy as a way for hogan H- hogan jesus christ to to come and be the savior um <laughs> but so 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 the show starts with uh, steiner steiner's a steiner's in a squash match is actually like a great opening match for a tv show the only thing that was missing, though, is how can I get my damn Frankensteiner? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he needed to do the Frankensteiner. Maybe his back wasn't feeling good, or no one knew how to take it. <laughs> I mean, that he's doing them at house shows, like or or you know, taped. Uh, I guess maybe superstar tapings or whatever. But I'm like, this is yeah. raw. You got to pull out. You got to pull out the big guns on raw, man. But he did. Yeah. He did throw a sweet drop kick. Oh yeah, he. I mean, did. Steiners versus Jobbers is just like they killed those guys. Like I remember in 1992, Bill Watts had to tell them to to just go easier on the Jobbers because you know these guys don't they don't do this for their living. You know they're doing it to put you guys over, yeah. so you don't need to yeah. go out there and murder them. Not just the Steiners. I'm sure he had this conversation with Vader as Vader. well. Who actually end up breaking Joe Thurman's back in 1992. So. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was, it's just like do that 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 dragon's full Nelson suplex he mm-hmm. did <laughs> that one, Mister Who, man. Yep. Dude, who is Mister Who? I don't know. I never. I don't know who he is. Um, but he looked very scared. Maybe that. Maybe that was the gimmick. Like nobody knew who he was. So like, ah, oh, you're just Mister Who. Yeah. It, uh, what's up with this whole macho phone thing? Oh my god, it was so weird. I I was wondering if it was just a way to get. Bartlett, like they were just testing, like, do, do the people like it better if there's no Bartlett? But I don't, yeah, I don't know. Cause, like, so, so to the whole story, the whole show long story is that Savage is on some, like, he doesn't have a mic, which actually makes WWE look like really Mickey Mouse at this point. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a mic and he's talking through what sound, with the same sound of when they would actually get phone calls into the show. Like it's the yeah. same voice, like it's the same receiver, and so he he actually doesn't have a mic. Bartlett and McMahon have mics. Bartlett c- cuts jokes for the first match, and then basically Savage takes his mic from him. But Bartlett doesn't do the phone receiver gimmick. He's just silent for the rest of the show. So it's kind of weird. So is Bartlett even there? I'm guessing he left early or had to leave early or some scenario like that. I don't, I don't know, man. It's it was funky and it, it, it was very distracting with yeah. Savage doing his thing. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see uh, Savage in the beginning with the the opener when it was Bartlett, Vince, and Savage? He was talking about the angle the night before Brutus. It, he made sure to point out that God and Hoko were two separate people. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Savage is hilarious. Oh, man. 
okay, so uh, obviously Steiner's win, Bulldog off the top rope. We get to see Glenn Ruth again. Uh, I think this is his second, his second appearance, right? Yep. So you get to see Glenn Ruth, pre-Headbangers Glenn Ruth. Um, and so uh, the one of the things that I noticed, which is Bartlett, because the guy's name is Mr. Who, Bartlett tells the Abbott and Costello mm-hmm. who's on first joke, and he tells it right at the beginning of the match. Vince no-sells it and moves on. Or doesn't then, know it. Or doesn't know it. Because then he comes back at the end of the match and does it again. And Vince just no-sells it again. So I'm wondering... Is or it, how he... Or he had to explain it to Vince. Yeah, is it possible that Vince McMahon has no idea about the famous, famous Abbott and Costello who's on first gimmick... Or uh, I, skit? I'm, I'm, I think he does. I think he doesn't because... Because the way Head Bartlett had to stop and like explain his joke, like you don't do that as a comedian, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was like just dumbfounded, like Vince, you don't know this, you know? It's like my wife didn't know the term, like let's, let's get out of Dodge. She thought I was just making shit up. <laughs> True story. And uh, you know, maybe the same thing, you know. Vince didn't know this, know this joke. So the next segment was the Mania Report with Mean Gene, which I already mentioned. He's putting over the the top three matches. And then the next match is uh, Yokozuna versus Ross Greenberg. Mm-hmm. And Ross Greenberg comes out wearing like more Brutus the Barber beefcake tights than <laughs> Brutus actually came out with at the end mm-hmm. of the show. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But Vince McMahon makes a joke about Ross Greenberg and says something like Ross Greenberg of HBO or something like that. And so Ross Greenberg is a real person who worked for HBO sports from like 1985 to gosh, 2010 or something. So he had, wasn't he responsible for the boxing? Well, well, he, he became, he became the president of HBO sports in the year 2000. So Mm. HBO boxing was obviously the biggest piece of HBO sports. So he was in charge for those 10 years um, and and was and was with the company from '85 on, and you know had different roles, you know, as he kind of got got through the system and then became the head guy. So I'm assuming he was named after the HBO Sports guy because Vince did drop the HBO Sports thing or HBO thing during this match. But I I would love to know, like, was it was Vince trying to get Raw on HBO and? This is this is his way of making fun of Ross, who said no. Like I'm trying to figure out like when they cross or paths during the promotion, the Oscar, not Oscar Taylor Hoy fight. The um, what was that boxing match in '88? Oh, Sugar Ray Leonard fight. Sugar Ray Leonard, Dyla Lalonde. That maybe something to do with that. Like how I that... think I think he I think he also may have done something with Sugar Ray and Roberto Duran, or maybe he was involved early in that. And that would have been Vince promoted one boxing pay per view, right? Yeah, that was the Donnie Lalonde show. The Donnie Lalonde like, Sugar. I don't Ray. know if it was a failure or success, but I don't. I don't. I, don't I mean, he never did it again, so I can't imagine yeah. it was a it was a success. Yeah, I think Ross. I think it was just a coincidence of the names because I think that guy ended up. I'm sure I've seen him before you with that name. So his um, name was really Ross Greenberg. I'm guessing, yeah. But it was funny and it was cool. I mean, it was a nice squash match. Yoko looked, you know, really good. Um, so see, I like this. In- I like the story better. Of it was Vince trying to book Mike Tyson and Hulk Hogan, and Ross Greenberg was going to be the one who said no. I, I, I let, let's make that the story. Okay, yeah, <laughs> sounds good. 
But getting back to the match, you know, it was your typical squash match. Uh, Yoko, you know, playing Japanese but saying Samoan stuff at yeah. the end. Yeah. It's always interesting. So, so after this match, and this was really interesting. So they recap the superstars angle with Yoko and Hacksaw. Mm-hmm. And so this angle on superstars, there was something around the uh, the some of the markets didn't play it because of the heavily anti-Japanese commentary. And so I don't remember watching it on superstars and I, I don't think the the superstars of 93 are up yet, but I would actually like to go back and watch it to see how negative they were on Yoko being Japanese because in the observer uh, Meltzer's writing about how like some of the markets didn't show it because of the, of, of the sort, you know, the racism part of it. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Cause then they, they showed it, they showed bits and pieces of it. Um, was it a match or was it just like hacksaw just had to knock him off his feet or something? I'm trying to remember. I think it was a match. I well, maybe not because why would he look like a stupid ass? Yeah celebrating with the flag and on the top rope well maybe maybe it was just a knock I don't, I, you know it's been a long time i i'll have to go back and watch it but it looked pretty intense and looked pretty pretty uh tr- you know dramatic too bad they you know in, a, in, a, in another era they probably yoko beats brett and you could have had a nice little house show program with jim duggan coming back for you know mm-hmm. doing the loop with 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 Yoko for the title, you know, you could have done that, but, uh, you know, yeah. they're, you know, I think it's the old guard getting putting over the new guard here. And the fan, the fans great. looked really interested in, in what was going on. Like they, uh, and maybe they just showed the, the, uh, the, the correct fans who were really like bothered or scared or sad I mean, or whatever. And the wider shots look like people are going crazy. Yeah. Um, Yoko did a fantastic job in it. Like that, that, that cell into the in the register of his face like oh my god (laughs) you know him going down i thought that was pretty awesome okay so the the next recap was not that awesome which was elegante (laughs) one on three and was that spicoli who was uh, the Mm -hmm. one who he he gave that slam to so so that's louis spicoli and i think I th- was he he was about to do the rad radford thing wasn't he no 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 that's 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 later that's like 1994 five okay so because there's a there's a there's a piece in the observer where dave says that they did a they did a show i think it was in the bay area it may have been a taping but he worked twice he worked once as like a marquee guy against an enhancement guy and then he worked mm-hmm. the second time jobbing to crush so i thought that maybe have been the beginning of like them seeing him as somebody but but yeah so they're i, I don't know taking, they're probably taking a look at him um um you know he's he's been all he was all around you know did, did a lot of stuff for a long long time and and that you know that that match was that 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 handicap match there from san jose oh is that where that that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly where it was from and that's where I was at that show live. I do remember that. And they show a clip of, an, of the audience. And in that clip, there's a former APW champion, Mike Diamond, a.k.a. Max Justice, sitting there. I thought that was interesting, seeing him <laughs> just sit there. So you wouldn't know him, but uh, myself, Marcus Mack, Tom Caster, and a few others were 
would definitely recognize Big Bike. Nice. He was a huge man, you know, for the indie level. He man, bigger than me for sure. <laughs> Big guy, and uh, he was, uh, you know, he has his name Mike Diamond, and then they changed the name to Max Justice, and he had a pretty long run as APW champion in 19, uh, 1997 and 98, 99 ish. That time, no, nine, wait, sorry, 97, sorry, 99, 98, 99 time frame. Okay, so you're at this match. Is it coming off as lame live as it did in this recap? Uh, we did two squash matches on that show, so I think this was the second one, if I remember. Um, actually, for me, um, a young kid, never seen Eligante live, seen him come out, you know, just how tall he was. I think I was pretty much in awe of it. But yeah, looking back, it was horrible. Like, how long did it take him to do this choke slam? Now, if if they could redo it, knowing his limitations as a character and as a wrestler, could should he have been a babyface and maybe feuded with? I mean, it's not not like this match is going to be any better, but like with Yokozuna or something, right? Like, I, I he just did not seem to have the depth to play heel i don't think he ever was really like like just yeah you're right he didn't have the depth of doing it he just didn't have that heel bone in his body i believe i think i think they should have called him i don't mind the name giant gonzalez i just don't like the whole outfit that ruined him from the go yeah you know i think he they should have grew his beard out like he had it just come out you know, just be this big giant man that Harvey Whippleman found. Like, they just Vince went was was too wacky here. Yeah, you, you know what I'm learning about these sh- in these shows is because of how they book Raw today, I fall for all the the logical things because I'm like, oh, you know, it's elegante thing. Ah, oh, it looks kind of lame. And then the 16 man battle royal, which is right after this, is all set up just to make him look you know, like a monster. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, I fell for it. I, I should have expected him to come out. Like, this is the way that they used to do things and they don't do it like this anymore. How does, uh, how would you have to be like those 16 guys saying they're too scared to get in there with giant claws? <laughs> I know. I could have believed that. How are you, are you really going to sell that? You're your intercontinental champion. Razor, uh, Shawn Michaels in this match. Razor Ramones in this match. Yep. You say those guys are scared of the giant Gonzalez? Stupid. Yeah, they probably shouldn't have been in that match. No, no, it should have been Jobber Battle Royal. You know. Um, okay, so then um, they're 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 slightly teasing Tatanka and Michaels. Uh, there's a brief mention uh, of a non-title match on Superstars yep. where Tatanka, San Jose as well, where Tatanka wins, and uh, so they're kind of setting that up a little bit. Um, and so then we get to uh, Bruce the Barber Beefcake against Ted DiBiase. And it's pretty clear to me that they didn't really have a ton of long-term planning on this one because Brutus comes in really soft. It's almost like he didn't have time. Well, is it that era, though, the steroid? Like, everyone's kind of soft here, don't you think? Like, John Nord, the Berserker, does not look big as he as – he, usually does well yeah i mean i Uh, I guess you're right though david demento definitely didn't have the body he did as a mondo clean yeah crush crush still looks pretty big um but you're right you're right but you know 
I, I, at some point. Uh, but it's know. funny too, as you say this though, because I remember when this happened, you know, when it first happened, I was like, Bruce Beefcake's back, right? Because he was a big star in yep. the late '80s, you know, Hogan's buddy, and and so him coming back, you know, I was like, wow, Bruce Beefcake's back. And looking back now, wow. Like he was not in shape. No, he didn't look good in the ring. Like they, I mean, they, I think ba- he's working with Ted, and they don't really do anything. Yeah, he, that's, 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 I mean, they could have put him with Erwin Arshister, and he would, you know, another guy to protect him. But yeah, that we have put, putting Ted was the smartest play, and they had a, I mean, for beefcake limitations, they had a decent match. I'm not saying it's great. I mean, it was passable. Um, the angle was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. IRS hits uh, DiBiase in the back. I mean, he hits Beefcake in the back with the briefcase to to get the the DQ. And sometimes, like, you know, Vince knowing what's going to happen, sometimes he tries to fake out the fact that he knows what's going to happen. And he goes, he's like, he says something to the effect of, like, I... Uh, he he hit him on purpose for the disqualification or at least i think it was on purpose like he's like trying to pretend like that he doesn't know what's going on and i was like come on man everybody watching this knew exactly what was coming <laughs> so um so they they're they're real i mean dibiase and ira more dibiase than than anybody else but he's so awesome here because they're just teasing to that they're going to hit Beefcake with this briefcase in the head, which they just told us last week that Beefcake's face was broken, and yep. and he was out of action, and and it was you know they they it was almost like they pretended like he didn't ever come back, so it was like almost like he broke his face and now he's back for the first time, which wasn't the case, but you know they're really like Beefcake is just like you know really the crowd is just actually I, I don't know I couldn't tell if that crowd was super sympathetic, but I just thought they all did a really great job. And Jimmy Hart was, uh, was, it was, was pretty great here too, because, uh, uh, during the, the, before the match started and during the match, he was kind of going like, you know, let's focus, you know, mm-hmm. rem- you know, remember like, you know, let's, let's keep our eye on the ball here. Like that was kind of the, the thing. And then when they're about to hit Brutus, like Jimmy's like trying to get him to stop. And then finally IRS pushes Jimmy down and boom just blast beefcake right in the face with this with this uh with this metal briefcase and so beefcake goes down and i can't tell if he bladed or not like because he's covering his he's covering his hand or his face with his hands and then vince <laughs> vince vince is he, he's something else vince says it's like he's holding his face together <laughs> This is this is like the 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 1993 version of Steamboat swallowed his tongue, right? And and so he's just going over the top, and so Beefcake's just covering his face with his hands. So I couldn't tell if he had had bled or not. But Savage basically says, you know, you need to cut to the shot of the mat, and there's blood there, but it looks like old blood. It didn't look like fresh blood. So I couldn't tell what they were doing there. Yeah, it was like dry blood. Yeah. Like it just happened that yeah, yeah that was that was a weird edit, um yeah that was that was that was kind of funky but yeah Vince was totally over the top. The best part though is when they replay it, and Vince goes and he he sets him up 
and it took forever for him to hit him. Like, like he kind of like, I think he might have been irritated. It took so long for him to execute the briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> the way he said it was kind of like you know, picking a point. Like it took forever to do it. Oh man, but it was a pretty good angle though, definitely. Uh, and uh, Vince's only tease of Hogan, like they didn't even promote Hogan for the next week, but Vince basically says it's possible. Well, because Money Inc. is going to be on the show, and Jim Jimmy's with Brutus, right? J- Brutus holding his his face together, goes out on a stretcher. Jimmy is with them. The heels, you know, take a powder and they leave, and they're they're you know they're they're walking back all proud of themselves. And Vince is going to commercial saying, "Next week, Money Inc." And I would, you know, something like, "I wouldn't be surprised if Hulk Hogan is there," or something. It was something like that, but it was said, mm-hmm. he said it so fast, like it wasn't a promotion. It was like, "Wink, wink." You should probably tune in, and you may be surprised if Hogan shows up or not. Like it was, I thought it was kind of interesting the way that he did it because usually. You would think the old Vince would have just promoted it a little bit harder, right? Like made it more obvious so that you really made sure that the crowd was going to come back next week. Well, you're a little—you don't know what God's doing, you know. Like he's a, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know if you make date because there's so much he's saving all the other people, you know, in the hospitals and stuff. So <laughs> that's funny. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So then the the main event. Uh, that they tease for the next show is Michaels and the Beverly Brothers against Tatanka and the Nasties. Um, a couple other things that uh, that I pulled out of some of the old observers during this time period is that Dave thinks that one of the reasons why Hogan wants to come back to wrestling is because Mr. Nanny is about to come out in June and it's <laughs> kind of like Hogan's last hurrah as an actor, right? Like if Mr. Nanny isn't a hit then he may not get another chance so wrestling's sort of like the fallback plan again so that that's kind of dave's take on on what you know what people are saying at that time and then uh it's an interesting you know we're, we're not really talking about wcw at this time uh because it would just take forever you know we could spend another hour and a half talking about what's going on in wcw but right around this time is when jim ross gets taken off tv and bill watts gets fired and Ole Anderson is back as Booker. I feel like we've we've when we we do our We Want Flair podcast, like that's a that's a recurring theme. Ole Anderson is back as Booker, and uh, and uh, Eric Bischoff becomes like the pro- executive producer of all things television at this point. So, sort of like a really interesting time for WCW too. Like the changes as Flair is about to come back, right? Like like so. It's uh, it's 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 it's. I almost want to go back and watch some of that stuff. Like if if I had you know if we had the time, but it would be kind of fun to to watch you know what's going on in WCW at the same time as 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 we're watching Raw. I just remember like in '93, WCW was picking up with some cool stuff. You know, they turned Cactus Babyface, and and then they had the. Smoky Mountain agreement with Jim Rock, Jim, Jim Cornette coming in with the Heavenly Bodies, the Rock and Roll Express, and, and all of a sudden, like, Watts is gone, Ross is gone, and just Ole Anderson is in, and here comes the big, slow, sluggish guys, <laughs> cheap guys that, uh, that Ole would book and bring in, and it's a, uh, it's, 
it sucked. I remember that being a being a bummer when Watts is gone because a lot of people. I mean, Watts did some stuff that was really good. He also did a lot of stuff that was really bad. Yep. At, you know, not kind of behind the times, but overall, I thought he had a pretty good product. And uh, that's like Dave's takeaway, which is because th- this stuff had just happened, right? But his takeaway was things are turning around at WCW, or at least it feels like they're they're doing some stuff that that people are reacting to but they did such a poor job previously that it's taking a little while for the faith of the mm-hmm. fans to come back and so that that's where you are at WCW right now so a pretty interesting time period because and and soon 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 enough WWE is going to about to go through uh you know a lot of bad stuff too uh with all the allegations and you know all these like Geraldo Rivera does a show where Vince is like suing him because of all the things that, you know, Dr. D David Schultz is involved and like <laughs> Vince is about to go through his own, you know, hell, hell period as well. Yep. Come up. All right. So uh, that's it for the raw review. We will have episode six next week, the return of Hulk Hogan to the show or to WWE. Um, and so, uh, I'll just a little bit of preview of the next show, which which should be this weekend. Like I mentioned at the top, we're gonna pre- we're gonna talk about uh, all the stuff that happens at the All Elite Wrestling uh, ticket on sale party that I'm gonna be at. Um, and then I ha- want to have a discussion with you because I think I mentioned this to you on on when we were going back and forth talking about the show, what we're gonna do, which is watching. The APW show, which was Friday night, last Friday, and then watching Halftime Heat, which was on Sunday, and then I also watched the uh, the Tanahashi match um, with Kushida, like, right after it, and so I had, like, these, like, three different styles of wrestling in it, and it just made me think a few things that I want to ask you about as it relates to like sort of where indie wrestling is is going with all these guys getting snatched up and stuff and and if you know the the if the style of of what i consider pro wrestling is going to change or is it going to stay the same or what but you know that i teased it a little bit but i want to have this conversation with you uh on our next show and then uh we'll talk about naito and and taichi because i know you want to talk about that match and uh, we'll preview uh, the two top matches at the uh, next UFC, which is this Saturday night. So, uh, so yeah, so we're done here, but uh, we'll be back in a couple days, hopefully. Uh, maybe uh, if we can, Friday or Saturday night, it'll, we'll, pro- we'll have to make it work because we don't normally tape on those nights. And, you know, you got, you got family and I got family and I'm, we're going to both be doing stuff. So we'll, we'll, we'll try and fit it in um, this weekend and, and be back with another episode. But uh, yeah, for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.